cultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Tonight, it's interview time again. This week's guest is professional skateboarder, musician, and the embodiment of intensity, Mike V. We'll have a great conversation about everything from the pitfalls of getting elephants on your skateboards to living life like Black Flag plays its music. And now, quietly awaiting my one-way trip to Guantanamo, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, answering hopelessness with a defiant smile and a raised middle finger, Daniel Bellelli. Along with our internet guru, Evan Culver. Away we go. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 7 is here. It's a uh, Happy New Year, most likely, if you dropped it in the right place and didn't put it in the wrong hole. Welcome back, 2013. An awesome interview today. But first, hello, Daniele Bolelli. Happy New Year. Hello, hello, hello. Happy New Year to you. Evan? Evan hey. in studio with us. Um, we're having fun. Today we had a great interview with Mike V. Mike V is a professional skateboarder, musician, played hockey, pro wrestling, you name it. You know, But you know what? The thing about Mike V is that labels don't really work for the man. He's bigger and weirder than any label you can attach to him. So for the simple version of who Mike V is, in case you guys don't know him already, just Google him and that's how you find out the simple stuff. For the real deal, you'll hear his own, the man in his own words in just a few minutes. So that's gonna erase whatever preconceived notion you may have after you Google him. Um, but yeah, man, it's a hell of a chat. Always fun to chat with him. Is um, what else I want to say? Mm, well, we want to reach out to our friend Duncan if we don't want to jump right there too quickly. But fuck for yes, sure. um, Duncan Trussell. He was our first guest. He's an awesome human being. Had a lot of fucked up health issues as of late. Uh, just as a sobering reminder that life kicks you anytime you know for whatever reason no reason ah man random weird strange but positive vibes to duncan yes. seem like from the news i'm getting is that uh, he had a surgery and he's recovering and things look like they are going well so that's what counts at the end of the game but in any case good much love and positive vibes to him roger that um, other stuff that we should throw out there. Oh, this is bizarre. Um, remember how a few episodes ago, I think we even titled the episode Saving a Bulgarian Virgin, and I <laughs> mentioned how, you know, we could play with Bulgaria because nobody listened to us from Bulgaria, right? And of yeah. course, I got an email from Liam in Vancouver to inform us that his Bulgarian wife is actually an avid listener and <laughs> hears the show. So, fuck, I'll have to pick on a different country next time. But... Um, <laughs> The, um, <laughs> so that was that <laughs> then uh, on other notes uh, let's see we are um, this is probably going to be the last episode where we're doing pre-orders on t-shirts uh, because uh, in January we need to by the end of January I would like to ship them out to the people who already pre-ordered we're doing pre-orders so that we don't end up with a humongous stack of shirts that nobody buys so if you want you know your size the color you want we'll have the link to the t-shirt order form in the episode notes Please go for it if you're interested. And um, what else? We got 
um, we'll put in the episode notes a quick thing about Daisy House, the group that gave us their music for our intro. Thanks again, fellas. Yeah, you guys There's are awesome. There's been a lot of email and people wondering about that track, but I think, is it available yet? Yeah, that one track is available with, uh, is slightly different in the sense that they gave us an instrumental version and instead the version that they have available is uh, with vocals and how the original song was supposed to be. Excellent. And they're going to have a full album ready within, I think, just a few weeks. So there's going to be that out there as well. Um, so there's that take care of business. Other issues, oh, a few people that we badly want to thank. Um, some of you guys have donated to the podcast. We deeply, deeply appreciate it. This is going to be the moment where I butcher your name for your amusement and your friends. <laughs> Or maybe you're not going to be amused at all and you'll hate me, in which case, please don't. I'm <laughs> sweet. I just can't speak English. That's all. Um, we have Nathaniel Johnson, Hetero Wigton, Thomas Anderson, Igor Perez, Ryan Hazel, Hugo Ferreira, who, by the way, his birthday is on January 15th. So happy birthday, man. This is slightly in advance, but close enough. Somebody who is... Uh, <laughs> he's an awesome person he's the guy who uh, gave uh, created a strain of marijuana called it the drunken Taoist out of Rhode Island so for obvious reason he doesn't want us to use his actual name so we'll use his Twitter handle and it's at East Coasterdam um, that's his Twitter handle East Coasterdam <laughs> on Twitter thank you man so much both for naming the weed and for the donation and uh, Baljit Johal so I maybe have said you can recognize your name in there. That would be sweet. Thank you guys so much. We really, really appreciate your support. Um, and of course, the, um, just to take care of business, that's a Sarah. If, um, if you guys are in the market for any kind of computer bag, backpacks, anything like that, um, we have that Sarah as an affiliate sponsor because they produce awesome hemp gear, which, you know, we love the bags. We love industrial hemp. So we're more than happy to attach our name to them there's a link to buy that's a sarah product on our website there's also a link for audible.com so if you guys are in the market for uh, books that you don't want to actually read but listen to for many 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 reasons i can think of the link is up there uh please use it and last but not least there's also a link for amazon if you guys are using amazon for anything um might as well go through amazon through our link because uh, they give us a little kickback which is better than nothing and you guys don't spend an extra cent so we're all happy any anything else we need to throw out there i just you? thanks for the listeners yeah. um it's yeah, really yeah. been an awesome thing this thing has grown and grown at a nice percentage i mean we started literally 10 weeks ago yeah and um we're starting to get a bit of a following, and I think people are liking what we're doing, and we're happy to keep doing it. Yeah. So hopefully 2013 will be an awesome, awesome uh, growth year for all of us. And it's just really exciting. Uh, I couldn't be happier. Um, it's funny, um, Mike V will mention that he got to know Daniele through his, his first book. Yep. And I became a fan when I read 50 Things You're Not so, most, not Supposed to Say, blah, 50 Things You're Not Supposed to Know About Religion, <laughs> right. which I found just wildly fascinating. And uh, I think there's a ton of light-minded folks that are having a good time uh, listening to what you have to say. Yeah. yeah, you guys are great, you know. So I very much hope the three of us are doing the same thing uh, towards Christmas time in 2013 and... Uh, probably in nicer digs by then that but, would uh, be great and uh, by the way in case you're wondering why i sound like i really have to pee and i'm talking really fast that's because 
I really have to pee. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, and I also need to run home to take care of my daughter before she goes to bed. So with no further ado, we're going to move on to our conversation with Mike V. Okay, guys, episode, I suck at math, 7, 6, 25, something, episode 7, um, as usual, me, Rich, Evan, and in studio with us today is a man who is pretty much the embodiment of intensity, you know, his picture is in the, some dictionary somewhere next to the term badass, it's just, mm, we're talking about the one and only Mike V., and Mike, it's funny that uh, is um, before people even knew that we knew each other or anything. I actually got a lot of emails and tweets and stuff by people saying, "You should really get this guy, Mike V. He should really come onto your podcast really? and stuff." And I was like, "Hmm, really? I is, wow. uh, who was that guy again, Mike?" What? It's like, and it was funny because you know they didn't know that we knew each other to begin with, but there was a, a lot of listeners where. Oh, that's funny. I do get a lot of. Uh people tweeting me about going on people's other people's podcasts mm -hmm. all the time uh I, I guess there's a certain type of personality <laughs> that people determine to be podcast worthy i, I right. don't know <laughs> however this is my first podcast and uh i'm glad i saved it to, uh, to be here with you Bellelli. <laughs> i am honored i'll be gentle i swear <laughs> the one thing that's for those of you guys who um may have seen Mike in videos on YouTube on the one thing that strikes me the most about you in whether we're talking, whether it's stuff is some of the videos you show me about your skating days, some of the is just the intensity. You know, what you carry with you is that this drive to uh, I remember one that you showed me was um before I even see you skate, just when you walk in and you're about to go skating there's this energy that you're on fire you know it's like just looking at you you can see the eyes are like there's a flame behind there there's yeah. that passion there's that drive it's like you're a man on a mission when you're doing stuff and the thing is it's not just when you're skateboarding it seems to translate to every other aspect of your life yeah um why are you so damn weird? because <laughs> <laughs> i saw black flag play in 1984 yeah <laughs> and uh you know, I, went, I was 14 years old, and I went to this show, and this band took the stage with such, such an intensity mm -hmm. that there was no way I could live the rest of my life without that registering as, you know, integral right. to who I would be. Right. Um, I just remember watching it and thinking to myself, well, whatever I fucking do with my life, I'm doing it like that. <laughs> And I didn't know right. if it was going to be music mm -hmm. or if it was going to be skateboarding or, or what it was. If I was flipping fucking burgers, right. I was going to do it the way Black Flag would do it. <laughs> you know? Right. That's, yeah. that's what I took away from it. That's, for me, that is the true over-the-rainbow moment yep. where my world goes from black and white or sepia tone to full color. Right. Was watching those guys terrorize city gardens in Trenton, New Jersey. <laughs> um 
and uh, and uh, and I've I've talked about that over the rainbow moment uh, in regards to skateboarding and discovering oh. street skating and how that changed my my viewpoint of the entire world because uh, skateboarding kind of when I when I discovered it it just my town I had I sort of had these two sort of moments and they were within the the autumn of 1984 mm-hmm. September and October first it was skateboarding street skating specifically because somehow you know now i was able to uh redefine my environment Mm -hmm. through skateboarding so that was heavy but it really wasn't until the black flag show that i got the real kick in the ass right where you know maybe it was still flickering between black and white and color but black flag knocked it all the way through and you ended up actually playing with them later in life uh yeah i uh yeah it's real i mean kind of like a (laughs) I don't know. You couldn't write it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah, I ended up, um, ended up gigging a lot with... Uh, I had a band, and we, we started supporting Greg Ginn on a bunch of solo shows. And Greg Ginn's the founding member mm-hmm. and real driving force of the band, the guitar player for the band uh, for Black Flag. And we did a bunch of stuff with him in uh, 2003, mm-hmm. a bunch of supporting gigs. which And then the, uh, Black Flag did a reunion show at the Hollywood Palladium, and he asked me to do a guest vocal spot at the show. Right. So, and the and you know I, when I got into Black Flag, I it was their uh, record, My War record had just come out, mm-hmm. and that was the first I call it the first record of significance that I ever bought. I owned a lot of music before that, but this was the first record that was my music. Right. You know that wasn't not not no one at my school mm-hmm. besides me and three other kids knew who Black Flag were. Right. Whereas the music I was into before that was open, it was generally consumed by everybody. Right. And you liked it or you hated it, but you knew what it was. Sure. Uh, so My War was the first record I bought that I felt like, this is mine. Yeah. You know? No one else knows about this shit, you know? Right. And, uh, and it was a very significant record. Uh, and so when I did the reunion gig with those guys, as a guest vocalist, I actually sang the My War record from cover to cover. So that's... If somebody told you when you were 14 that you would end up doing could, that? No, no. Yeah. No. That, no would have been, uh, that would have been quite a trip right there. Yeah. yeah I don't think you can... You know. You know I don't, yeah. No, yeah. of course. Those are the things that... Uh, it's funny the thing you're saying about, you know, if I was to flip burgers, I would do it the way they played. I was actually, I'm actually totally going to steal that line for you, by the way, because um, I was right. I was supposed to write an article about Bruce Lee last, last night. And I mean, I've written about Bruce Lee and you have, people have read and written about the guy so many times. It's like, what the fuck are you going to say now? He's like, hmm, Bruce Lee, let me throw something original about it. It's like, there's no. And the one thing I was thinking is exactly what you're saying, which is this idea of, you know, Bruce Lee, everybody remember him, the martial arts, but really the guy could have done, could have been a singer, could have been exactly. a political activist, could have been flipping burgers. It doesn't he, matter yeah. what, it doesn't matter what you do. Yep. It's why you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not interested in the what. Right. I'm interested in the why. Yep. I look for the spark, the passion, the, yep. the light in the eyes, you know, Bruce Lee had that. Absolutely. Undeniable. Yep. And that's that thing that you bring to, as you say, anything you do. doesn't matter, you know, the, the specific field, martial arts, skateboarding, yeah. music, whatever. They are beautiful things. They are great arts. 
hell, even flipping burgers can become an art if you bring that sure. spirit to it. And vice versa, you can take uh, music or something that everybody recognizes as an amazing art. And if you don't have the spirit, you're just going through the motion. It's bullshit. You know? Yeah, it's I, like, I feel like I understood that from the very beginning mm-hmm. um, about skateboarding. I would, I've always been a, 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 you know, I've always championed skateboarding. Right. You know, but what I'm championing isn't actually skateboarding. Right. It's passion. Yeah. It's the certain kind of spirit. It's like yep. um, the emotional content of a thing. Right. You know, it's like that's what I always tried to communicate. I remember doing a, a, a newspaper interview when I was 16 years old. Now, I was probably the most awkward, shy, inward kid, right. you know, unable to, to speak to anybody about anything unless you want to talk to me about skateboarding or right. punk rock music or something like that. Then, you know, the light was on right. and I was able to do it. And I look back at this interview, the first, my first, you know, interview I had ever done, and uh, it's very articulate, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and even even back then, even things that I didn't think I was, I understood or was able mm-hmm. to articulate, I, I see that I did, right? You know, I I made my points, you know, I talk about, I tell this uh, journalist from our local newspaper about, uh, you know, one of the things I say is we could have a major session right here. This sidewalk, this street, this curb, these walls, you know, and that's a really significant thing to say, mm-hmm. yep. you know, yep. Yep. and yep. it's something I still say. It's something I still value, <laughs> nice. you know. Right. Uh, and I, I think, but the greater, the greater message is uh, when you're tuned in and turned on, you don't see those obstacles. You don't see those barriers. Right. Whatever it is, yeah. you know. So yeah, I talk about skateboarding, and skateboarding is sort of the the vehicle from which through which I sort of communicate. Yeah. But uh, I'm not really the idea of pushing skateboarding on anybody isn't uh, something I really think about or care about. Yeah, I don't know if it ever happened to you. I have the same thing. Like whatever I'm into, um, whether it's martial arts or people like, why are you into history or why are you into writing or whatever the hell that I'm into. And the reality is that, yeah, I am into it, but not that much in the sense <laughs> yeah, that you yeah. know, I'm super passionate about it. Yeah. But when I'm around the people who all they can talk about is that one thing, it's I want to slit my yeah. veins. You know, yeah, I'm just like, here. really? Marsh? I remember one time, this is just because I'm a punk, but the, um, <laughs> I, was, I went to dinner with a bunch of friends of a friend of mine who were all martial artists, and all they could talk about was fighting, right? Mm-hmm. Halfway through dinner, I was so damn bored after a while that I, I remember some guy asked me, so do you, do you practice martial arts? And I was like, no, I don't like violence. And just, <laughs> I left it at that because I was like, man, I have nothing in common with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, we do mar- you do martial arts, I do martial arts, but really the way we do it is nothing, you know, is there's nothing that we have in common there. Yeah, I understand that. Um, I, I mean, my the sort of world that I'm in, the skateboard world mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, it's got blinders on. Of course. You know, and it's uninteresting. But like any word, you yeah. know what I mean? Anything can be what you bring to the table, which is to bring an attitude about life, a passion that goes beyond the specific field. And if you bring that to the field, the field is beautiful. Otherwise, the field is like any other field, which is, you know, some specific game. That well, that's just, a, that's just a cold, dark, gray ghetto. You Pretty know, much. it's like... Yep. If that's not interesting, yep. <laughs> you yep. know? Yep. Unless the, your, 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 your horizon is so much more than right 
you know but it's I, just, yeah i just i i feel like uh i feel so uh closed in around these types yeah this like the idea of the industry mm-hmm. or the community and and believe me i'm a part of it of and course. i participate of in course. it and i do value it in a certain way no of course but the idea that uh i i, I when i started skateboarding mm-hmm. and well and even when i turned professional and all that i it wasn't about joining anybody's fucking club right <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> ever yeah you know so uh and i never will yep it's just that's just that goes against every fiber of my being of course and it's funny in that sense that when people talk about skateboarding if you throw out there the name tony hawk everybody remember oh tony hawk the skateboarding guy who does these amazing tricks and does yeah. this and that and the video games when your name comes up there are a bunch of people who know nothing about skateboarding who know exactly who you are and not just as who the skateboarding guy is like mike v you know, is not name equal uh, a particular skill in an activity, which is got awesome in itself. You know, nothing wrong with being an amazing professional in what you do, but there's something more to that. You know, it's like people seem to be attracted to you for a bunch of different reasons that some have to do with skateboarding, of course, and some really don't. Um, well, I, am I supposed to comment on that? Or are you just yeah. going mean, to... No, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> it's, of course, because of his amazing good looks. That's why he gets all that feedback and stuff. But I no, just, I'm, you know, I just I just put one foot in front of the other. I can't really... Uh, I don't know how to mm-hmm. make sense of any of what you just said. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, on the note of what we were saying, there's, um, I remember we were chatting a night a few months ago, or the um, and one thing that you said that I remember I literally pulled out a pen, stopped the conversation, and wrote stuff down because I was like, this is a beautiful one liner. And uh, you said, I quote, I'd rather err on the side of passion, which, by the way, for those of you guys who are in dire need of a dictionary, err, as in spelled E R R, is equal making mistake. Uh, and so on. So that's your his hour of So condescending <laughs> but, to your audience. <laughs> no, just play. Or, or, or is it just uh, you? The thick Italian that's, accent. That's uh, more because every time, like I use that a couple of times, and I go, "Isn't that a beautiful ride?" I rather err on the side uh, of, yeah. and they're like, "What the fuck did you say again?" And I'm like, "I rather err, err." and it just doesn't work okay i got you sorry to interrupt (laughs) no all good but uh, yeah and i mean that to me is what it's all about you know is having that uh, intensity which is really the running theme of well i actually i actually lifted that line from pat tillman oh Uh, you stole it yeah i stole it well but it was uh you know it's one of those things that uh struck me Mm mm-hmm because uh, you know you sort of take a moment to reflect on certain things you go what the fuck man <clears throat> right but when i when i came across that quote it really uh well i wasn't looking for an alibi or an escape or anything mm-hmm. i just understood myself a little bit better right you know um because uh, i'm really quite content with the uh decisions i've made right uh, just the uh, the discontent comes from trying to explain it to other people. Yeah. You know? No, and I mean, I yeah, somebody will say I'd rather err on the side of passion is not somebody who is uh, has any regrets. 
you know what I mean? This is anybody make mistakes in the sense of, uh, you know, shit doesn't pan out the way you want to. And occasionally you think, hmm, yeah, maybe I could have played that better. But the point is that if you are doing it with passion, if you are doing it putting 110% of yourself in everything you do, there are no regrets. Oh well, yeah, I, I, I actually I have a lot of regrets, but those <laughs> those have those have to do with moments where uh, my passion was okay then uh, was misplaced. Right. Not and not meaning it was misplaced in the moment. It was didn't it wasn't existent in right. the moment. It wasn't with me. Yeah. Uh, I I had suspended my consciousness. I had uh, uh, forgotten who I was or, you know, I wasn't tuned in to what really mattered to me. Um, And that's happened many times in my life, but uh, that's just the way it goes. (laughs) How do you think it works? Like the fact that you you can be so intense pretty much 95% of the time in a lot of ways. Why do you think those moments pop up? What causes them? How do you get out of them? Self-loathing. Hmm you know why that because i mean if you are because i think for me it 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 has come out of uh just being any kind of a public having any kind of public life Mm -hmm. it's just uh and and having that since i was 16 years old right and uh it's just uh, it's been a fucking drag (laughs) in which way do tell uh in well I had to grow up in front of everybody mm-hmm. in magazines right. through videos, and that becomes something that becomes fodder for other people to, you know. Yeah, whenever you put yourself out yeah. there, yeah. haters so, come out of the woodwork, right? Yeah, so, uh, and then uh, I've had this stupid, uh, look, I, you know, throughout, throughout my whole career, it's like uh, I've been very uh, outspoken, mm-hmm. and it's been a blessing and a curse. You know, it's like I don't think I have the same career without right. opening my mouth. Mm-hmm. But because I've opened my mouth so many times, I have so much to answer to. Right. Of you course. Know? And uh, sometimes you just want to run and hide from that. Right. But that's the biggest mistake I've ever made mm-hmm. is trying to run and hide. Right. You know, and I've done it. Yeah, but, of course. Uh, that's not, that's probably not, no one really associates that with me, but I know. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I know when it's right and when it's wrong. About that, it's funny because the the pressure of uh, fame, in that sense, of being in the magazines, of having everybody having an opinion about you. When you know, when you become a public name, of course, you know, a bunch of people who know nothing about you personally will have their opinion, will have their say, will have their whatever. That clearly gets old. And yet, at the same time, you are the kind of guy who's doesn't get any more fan friendly than you in some way because you are the kind of guy who goes i mean everybody i've talked to had uh, as a fan met you everyone had the same response which was like you wouldn't believe what he did that one day he spent so much time with us and helped my brother that day and went to it's like you do these things that seem like you're you know you're the mother teresa of (laughs) you know you're you have that thing and at the same time you're not naive you know you're conscious of the issues that go with fame and some of them bug you too but you're you're that doesn't deny the fact that you're able to do the thing this stuff for the fans how do you manage it because i mean even just time wise energy wise you know there's only so much to give well i guess i manage it because i don't think about managing it (laughs) very zen of you i live in the moment man like yeah you know like i can't really uh it's not 
there's nothing premeditated or thought out or right. oh I'm gonna be uh, the Mother Teresa you know what I mean it's like <laughs> right that'd be so insincere yep. it's like you know uh, I I think I just uh, strive to live a very sincere life in every moment so it is what it is I mean right. you know no that makes perfect sense it's not that I don't get your I I actually really like your answer and it's about the truest. It's about how it is, you know, it's about being in the moment, being genuine, being real, not running a movie inside your head about you're supposed to act or any of that shit. I get it and I think it's awesome. The part that I don't get, and I'm thinking about myself, so in this case it's almost, I'm asking for advice really, is how you, when I say how you manage it, I mean how you manage it in terms of, um, I, I give you an example. If uh, through a day I get 150 emails that I need to reply to people to, I can be in that moment, I'm just replying to that email, you know, and I'm into that conversation and I do that. But then you go through 150 and you realize, shit, three hours have gone by and now I don't have the time or the energy to do all this other shit that I was supposed to do today or people that I was supposed to take care of and all of that. So in that sense is, I guess, how you manage it. I don't mean like how you pre-plan it, like you are some fucking whore of yourself or trying to sell yourself sure. to the world. Is How do you make it all balance out well know? i think uh sometimes you have to get up earlier than everyone else and stay up <laughs> later than everyone else right if that's the, if that's the choices you've made you know mm-hmm. if you've made the choice of hey i'm going to uh live up to this you know hey i used to, i used to uh when i first had my first website i was one of the first skateboarders to have a like web presence mm-hmm. maybe the first to have his own personal website and i had my email address was right public nope. you know publicly consumed uh i'd get 300 emails a day right. i right. answered them all but i but i also valued the opportunity to have that dialogue mm-hmm. um through the years there's been times where i've tuned out tuned back in you know it's like it's uh thing there's seasons for everything uh right. sometimes you just need to get your ass to work on other things and right you know there's a time and place for everything um but uh, it's about, I think it's about consistency and effort, you know. If you're not uh, answering the emails, mm-hmm. well, you're doing something else that's, you know, worthy of your time that you value enough to, you know. So I, it's about, it's about, it's like the management of it is, uh, for me, it's just about the moment, you know. Right. It's like, what does this moment require of me? And if I do not have the time, the energy or the ability to handle something, then I just turn it off. And that's it, know? right. Yeah. I guess that it's, I mean, what you say is as healthy as it gets. It makes perfect sense and it's the right attitude. I guess sometimes I find myself running into an emotion that rationally I know is bullshit, but sense of guilt, which is a sure. horrible place to operate from. You know, you don't want to act out of guilt. That's stupid. At the same time, doing that shit i'm just gonna delete and i can deal with it today well there's a part of me that i can't quite you know is like i'm fighting and of course that wastes even more energy and is stupid you're and it doesn't really you're definitely setting yourself up for trouble right by responding to everybody <laughs> because right. uh you're you're um you're setting a precedent right that as you continue to build your listenership and what you're doing here guts, you might right. just it might just be overwhelming right um, and then you're, then it's gonna be like I thought Bolelli responded to everybody. That He's a motherfucking motherfucker. sellout, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know. But 
ultimately the art has to come first. Right. The creativity has to come first. Mm-hmm. The reason that you started all this has to come first. Right. You know, and uh, right now, and maybe for a long time to come, the dialogue that you have with people and the communication and, and all that is a major part of it, or just right. it is it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So you see that as being valuable, mm-hmm. like having this this yep. communication, having this dialogue, this accessibility. Right. Um, and maybe that never changes, but you better start getting up a little earlier. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. No, that's... It's, hey, you know... That's it's, a fact. Yeah. You know, I'm up a lot of times before the rest of the house, and I get two hours of getting some stuff done that wouldn't get done if I got up when they did. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I I like that. And it's, uh, I was, make, the other day I was making fun of myself. Along the lines you're saying, uh, um, just do it and shut up, you know, do what needs to be done and uh, don't whine about it. You know what I mean? Because it's, uh, I notice when what I... What a waste of time, whining yeah, is. Yeah, whining is like the dumbest <laughs> thing in the world. And if yeah. I, it was funny. I was like having this, I started the day in this shitty, like, oh, I'm tired, I'm this, I'm that, oh. Poor me, poor me, which is really funny because when we do that, it's like we're kids wanting to make a point to our parents. Like, look, I'm suffering. Do something about it. It's like, yeah, well, who the fuck are you making a point exactly. to? Exactly. As adults, it's like we're <laughs> trying to send out the vibe to the universe saying, universe, can't you see I'm having a hard time? Please take care of me now. And it's like, the universe doesn't give a fuck. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, so after that, I start making fun of myself. I'm just like, who poor Daniele? Boo hoo hoo. You know, and after a while, it's just like, I see it and I'm like, okay, okay, fine. I you got, got you it. Got, you ha- yeah, you have to uh, sort of understand the unimportance of suffering. <laughs> like, <laughs> you get can, you nowhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, I found out um, through years and years of uh, just kind of like pushing the envelope, mm-hmm. <laughs> going out on the road. Um, in a very physical, right. you know, like demanding way that my body would instinctually just, you know, be up when it needed to be up and be down when it needed to be down. And right. that sort of dictated what I did right. when I did it. Um, and, you know, my focus, get down the road, your focus gets way narrow. Um, there's times where it's not as not as narrow. And I, like when I did... Uh, the gigantic skate park tour of Tony Hawk in 2001 and 2002 was probably the, you know, most intense, heaviest, uh, physically demanding, uh, you know, physical presence, uh, being on this elevated stage kind of thing. But, um, I was also answering 300 emails a day. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and it was, it's just being in a zone, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, unless you've ever been in the zone, then right. you can't relate. Of but course. when you get into the zone, you're in the zone, and it's uh, you don't question it. Yeah. You yeah. do. Yeah. You yeah. just do. You know, it's all action. It's all action all the time. There's no time for whining. Right. The motherfuckers who start whining, they're the ones who fall off the side of the bus. Of course. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And Their careers end. They come crashing to a screeching halt, yeah. you know? And I mean, in a case, like, look at your career, and uh, when you speak about uh, the Vesey, physical aspect of it all shit you have broken more bones than most people can ever count you know it's like and so every so often it happens there's a major injury and those are the turning points because clearly people don't like dealing with that kind of difficulty for and you know once twice three times once you start getting it becomes a regular thing people usually want to check out after that yeah well i mean you know i was 
supposedly, I mean, actually, I was actually truly washed up by 1991. Mm-hmm. Then I was, you know, critically written in the magazines, washed up by 1993. Um, and, you know, it was, when I was 35. Okay, I was 23 when mm-hmm. I was supposedly, my career was over. I was 35 when I broke my leg, you know? <laughs> right. It's like, uh, and every single t- every major injury along the way, people just want to like celebrate it as like that's it. Right. Like it's like a very uh, very strange thing that happens when you get hurt mm-hmm. and you have you know uh, a career behind you. Um, that's uh, that people have opinions about. Right. <laughs> that ma- every major injury that comes along is like it's uh, you know it's like you can go to Vegas and place bets. Like he's done. Yeah. It's over, yeah. You know? yeah. And knowing you, I'm going to go on a limb and suggest that that actually adds fuel to the fire the opposite way. Um, that's, well, let's in a, put in it a, in, yeah, in a sense. I mean, but that's not a reality. You, no one, no outs, no exterior uh, situation. No, There's no exterior motivation right. in the end. Right. In the end, it's are you going to get your ass off the couch and do something? Right. You know, are you going to get better? It's, it's, it's really inside and uh and when you get hurt really bad you you go through a lot of mental physical heavy shit man Mm -hmm. um even you know even if you know it's coming and you're i'm no no i'm strong right you're going through it of course you're going through it um but it's it's something to go through (laughs) you know it's uh no those moments are interesting i remember maybe it was about 10 months ago or something i started training martial arts after probably maybe i trained five times in the previous year and a half you know i was basically off for a re- the longest time i've ever been since i was a teenager you know and and the worst part about it is when you start back you feel like crap because you can't do what you were doing a few months before it doesn't feel as good everything is off and it doesn't and and of course so my first day back of real training i'm just getting slaughtered you know by people who really shouldn't beat me my timing is off i keep feeling like i'm going and so the immediate moment when you i remember walking out the first day i felt like what the fuck am i doing this for you know this yeah. is not fun i don't like it anymore i'm just getting beat up ego-wise is awful uh, physically felt awful what the hell am I doing, you know? And uh, in my mind, I ran the whole scenario of every single good reason why and said, ah, fuck, okay, I think I'm done with this. I can just go do Tai Chi with the old ladies in the park, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't really need this this bad. This is an ego thing, why I want to do this stuff. And then I realized is those are perfect excuses, but at the end of the day, I was still bullshitting myself because yeah. I like that and I crave it and it feeds me. And I was just trying to avoid the the tough part of when things don't go your way. And there will be that period of a few days, weeks, sometimes even months when things don't go your way. And you just... Years. To, yeah. Sometimes years. Right. Um, I think... I, I feel like... Uh, like... People, people sort of... Uh, tend to enjoy when things aren't going your way because they see that as, oh, okay, he's coming back to earth. Right. Of <laughs> course. Know? Of course. Uh, the, speaking about the, the, the sort of public yeah. aspect of it. Um, and, and I've thought to myself at times like, well, 
maybe it's time to grow up and get a real job, you know? Uh, but what I've come to understand is that's death. Right. You know, uh, to me, you know, when wild horses are tamed, spirit's dead. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, I know that uh, it's just about putting one foot in front of the other and not giving a fuck about what anyone says ever, right. you know. Uh, it's a, and that, of course, that sounds, it's so cliche and it's so like, uh, you know, well, of course, yeah, this is what people say. Right. It's another thing to fucking live it. Yeah. You know, big time. And, uh, and I've, I've, I've lived it. And, um, and it, it actually, what, ha- what happens is it actually fuels you for mm-hmm. the next round. Right. You know, uh, round after round after round, you know, it's like, it's the intensity, the, uh, the commitment, the dedication, the passion is the only thing that's going to get you through the next round, you know, and it's a, it's like self-fulfilling prophecy yes. kind of thing. <clears throat> Yeah, because that, that too is like a muscle, you know. It's like once you've done it once in your life, it's going to be easier to do it the second time. It's going to be easier to do it. It becomes how you respond to things. And I mean, not that it becomes automatic because it's never automatic. You know, you still have to fight it every inch of the way. But fighting, having been through the battle and won it before is way easier than somebody who fights it for the first time because that's when they find out what they are made of and they have nothing self-fulfilling about it yet. Sure. Unless they have some crazy self-motivation that's inborn for some strange reasons and it is something that they had to begin with. Yeah, well, in uh, like 2003, I, uh, I was doing a skateboard company at came to a crashing failing end and uh you know i was oh unemployed right have to find a new employer and uh i was going to start working with this other company and there was a lot of uh barriers and the barriers are mostly my peers other Mm -hmm. skaters not wanting me to be a part of it and one guy came to the table with you know well he's he's over the hill right and the the employers heard his complaint and then took it to me and you know they're like you're over the hill he said you're over the hill right they wanted my response my response was well fuck yeah i'm over the hill <laughs> but at least i climbed the motherfucking hill right you know yeah i may be a has been but i'd rather be a has been than a never been nothing right. at all yeah um, and the, the thing about the thing about being over the hill is it's not I didn't just like climb a hill and then fell over the other side. I got back up and I started walking up the next fucking hill. Right. And the motherfucker who said that shit about me, he's gone. Right. He's not existent in the fucking skateboard world. Yeah. 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 You know. So like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Fuck right. you, you know. And look, they they come around every couple of years. Johnny right. come lately's, you know, just like trying to, you know, crucify you. And yeah. Good luck. Yeah. I've been, I've been nailed to the cross so many fucking times. Right. You know, don't fuck with me. I was actually thinking about sorry, pure tangent, but since you used the image, I was thinking about. Um, uh, I asked you watch Conan the Barbarian, the original one, the Arnold the 1982. Yeah, I figure. You know, it was a rhetorical question, but there's that. By the way, I was into Conan the Barbarian when I was six. Yep. The comics. Yep, yep. I used to get of the course. adult big size magazine ones because they were a little bit more intense. Yeah, because you know? that's what it's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
there's that um, Milius, the guy who directed Conan the Barbarian, the original one from 1982, clearly was playing with the movie Spartacus from 1960, where there are a couple of parallels that are hilarious because he's clearly going there and doing the opposite. Like in Spartacus, there's this scene where he's in the gladiator barracks and they send this slave woman to him to have sex with and instead Spartacus is all honorable and kind of this he has never been with a woman and doesn't want to go down the route away and sleeps in a corner and they do the exact same thing in Colin the Barbarian who you know he's nice to the woman but he's like hmm this is great thank you you know and it's like and there's but in particular the reason that was coming uh, why it came to mind right now when you talk about crucifiers uh, in Spartacus they wanna because Spartacus like this semi communist plot in terms of the storyline and this was in the time where you know cold war where there was this paranoia about communism in hollywood there was the blacklist of the people who couldn't um work in hollywood if they had any kind of communist connection so in an effort to downplay that they played the spartacus crucifixion scene as this semi-jesus like you know sort of giving up his soul there turning his eyes to god kind of thing and there is the crucifixion scene in Conan the Barbarian. It's fucking awesome because there's Conan crucified to these trees, slowly dying, and there's this, his eyes by now are closed, he's passing out, and there's this vulture that can sit next to him and starts slowly pecking away at a wound <laughs> on his chest. And you see Conan just open his eyes, barely see the vulture there on the side. And what does he do as he's crucified there? He just bite the shit out of the vulture's neck and snap his neck with his teeth and kill him while he's crucified and i was like wow you know what can you say yeah. to that it's look you'll get to a point in your life where you're have a, you'll have a blindfold on mm -hmm. and your hands will be tied and you'll be told to just take it with dignity hopefully you know, metaphorically by the way you're standing at the firing line right. and the thing to do is to take it like this is what it's all come to mm -hmm. fuck that you know, your hands may be tied, but your spirit's still free. Yep. And you still got fucking balls. Right. You know? And these motherfuckers hide behind their guns. Mm -hmm. Close the distance. You know what I mean? Like, right. You, you, you think I'm going to just stand here and let you fucking <laughs> shoot me? Right. Yeah. I'm not going to... Yep. I'm going out in a blaze of glory. Yep. You know? <laughs> no fucking way. Yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah, metaphorically... You can apply that to any situation in your life. That's the way, it, that's, you know, yep. that's the way I fucking see it. Yeah, if you have to go down anyway, go down in glory. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, you're going to go down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, doesn't, doesn't, yeah. eventually, yeah, there are no exceptions to that. So might as yeah. well. It's no, like, you definitely. know, Evil Knievel is one of my heroes, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at the end of his life, he, you know, he was, he denied, like, God and religion his whole then at the end of his life he accepted it mm -hmm. I think it's a fucking you know I think he did it for the money right you know he did it for the show he did it for the you know what I mean it's like I think he, the the joke was always on the audience hmm. you know what I mean that's what I think maybe I, I could be wrong but I like your read on it better yeah. than the alternative because I'm so sick and tired of, of the idea <clears throat> that as you get older that like somehow like uh, you get softer mm-hmm you, you know, oh, you know, oh, I was wrong about everything. Right. You know, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, I see that happening to some of my heroes in right. the skateboard world, you know. And, uh, you know, and people celebrate it. Like, it's, oh, well, it's great to see these guys finally growing up. And yeah. Fuck that. 
grown up means become like me, which is somebody who has never, not me literally, in case you're wondering, <laughs> me as in the bastard who's suggesting this kind of things, who's like somebody who's saying, I never took a risk in my life. I never managed to do the heroic stuff. So I'm going to gloat when the heroes come down to my level because I'm never going to get up to their level. So my only hope is when they come down to mine and that's when I pat them on the back and say, I finally grown up. Finally grown up means you are a loser like me now who's scared of his own shadow and that's what it's all about. Yeah. I think the people that I really sort of, uh, you know, sort of put on a pedestal are people that just keep working, Mm -hmm. keep moving, you know, doesn't matter what their age is. You know, they don't see age as a limitation. Yep. Age isn't a reason to fucking, yep. you know, trade in everything that made you who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, and I always get confronted with, well, what are you going to do when you can't skate anymore? Right. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Why won't I be able to skate anymore? <laughs> right. Why won't I be able to skate? <laughs> well, you'll get older and I'll keep skating. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, and and if I physically am unable to skate, then that's something else. Right. But I, what will what will make me physically unable to skate? Being older? No, I'll never stop skating. If I stop skating now, then when I'm sixty or seventy, there's no fucking way I'm going to skate. Of course. But if I keep skating, my whole life, yeah. why will it, it will never it'll never leave me? Right. You know. I always tell people when they fucking shovel the dirt on me, that's when I'll be done fucking skating. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And of course, of course, people think this is, uh, oh, you're just saying, you know, it's like they they like to they like to think that uh, everything is just uh, like a show. It's a show. It's just, oh, it's just part of the, you know, it's just part of the ego or it's just part of the uh, public persona or something. No, it's not. (laughs) Of course, there's that aspect to it, and that's just unfortunate, uh, un, you know, necessary evil in the promotional and marketing and all sure. that kind of bullshit. But for me, none of that exists without it being a core yeah. part of who I am, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, you can play an act only so long. It's like, uh-huh. unless it's who you are, it gets old really fast after a while, and it's... Uh, but yeah, it's. I remember once, I think I forgot, we were talking about something, and one thing you said was, I think when you were years, years back, you were saying, uh, when will it fucking get easier? You know, life feels like a battle every day. At some point, I'm going to accomplish this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this other thing, and finally things will get easier. Yeah. And the thing you <laughs> said was like, eventually, well, you can like... Well, first of all, if I was ever going to quit skateboarding, right. I would have quit it the day I stopped. I would have quit the day I started. Right. Quitted. 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 <laughs> I could have kept going, but I, I, I even recognized that terrible grammar. <laughs> um, I could have quit. Uh, that one. We got really it. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. If I was ever going to quit, right. I would have quit the day I started. Right. Because clearly my life got a lot more f- fucking difficult the day I started. Right. Because... I was suddenly against the grain, up against the wall, against it all, mm-hmm. you know? And that's a tough road, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe a kid starting out today or a parent of a young skater could not even relate to what the fuck I'm talking about. But try being a skateboarder in 1984. See how that feels. Right. <laughs> you know? It's no fucking joke. Yeah. Um, the whole world turned against me. I was uh, a wallflower. 
I existed in the sort of gray matter that floated through the high school or the yeah the high school hallways. Mm-hmm. And then I started skateboarding, and I became a living, breathing, moving target, mm-hmm. and uh, a target for all types of uh, redneck motherfuckers, <laughs> you know, people who uh, were disgusted by people who wear purple shorts or. You know, why would you do that? You can't make a living doing that. Right. You know, there's no team. There's no, like, team you can join. You can't be professional. It was an unproven career path. Um, Which is amazing when you think about that kind of hostility towards something as harmless as, like... The hostility is, you can't, you can't imagine. I mean, it's like, there, it was, you talk about intensity, Every single fucking moment of life, your head had to be on a swivel because someone was coming to get you. Right. Whether it was the cops, local business owners, concerned hero citizens, and the worst, your fucking peers, other kids that were just so disgusted by the fact that you were doing something that there's no reason to do it. Right. You know? People are so glad to do the things that are laid out in front of them. You know, this is what I found out as right. a young person. It's like baseball, football. Mm-hmm. I was on the wrestling team. Before I before I started skateboarding, I wrestled. Right. That's totally fine. Right. You know? You could be a state champion. You know? What can you be if you ride a skateboard? <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't be anything. Not At least not then and not in their minds. You know? So um, my parents were against it. My teachers were against it. The cops were against it. My first interaction ever with a police officer was him beating my ass for no reason. Not much has changed. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so then when people say, well, what are you going to do when you can't skate anymore? You have, you know, get the fuck out of here. Right. But I, wait, I was leading this to, to something, to the point you were bringing up, but I forget no, what that what point I, was. I remember the thing you were saying about, you know, when does it get easier is that at one point, pretty early on, you realize... It's not going to. It is going to be a battle well, in many ways. Well, I mean, it is well, and if it you, isn't, if, you know? If, if you, what, I, what I think is, is if you have some sort of end game plan, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, what was I, if I thought that way, what was I hoping, where was I hoping to go? Right. What was, what was I trying to get out of it? You know right. what I mean? It's yeah. like, no, it's, it's just life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah. You wake up, it's a new day and. You get through it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, skateboarding is uh, it's, it's what I do. Right. It's my, it's, you know, and uh, my my motivation remains pure, mm-hmm. even in such a convoluted, fucked up environment as professional skateboarding. You right. Know? That's a lot. A lot of times, it's very hard for people to uh, to sort of dissect, to separate. You know. Um, it's hard for myself sometimes to separate, but um, sometimes the greatest escape from skateboarding is skateboarding. <laughs> Just you know, doing it rather do than the politics yeah. and the crap, right? Yeah. Of course, no, that make that make perfect sense. Yeah. The um, one thing that I want to bring up um, it's funny because you are in a lot of people's minds, and in reality, you are sort of the prototype of the alpha male in a lot of ways. And yet at the same time, you know, your family life, you have uh, your wife, two lovely daughters, you're surrounded by estrogen all day long. (laughs) And, you know, they routinely 
tie you to chairs and force you to watch the worst housewife <laughs> of Orange County's kind of things ever. Uh, do tell about that interesting mix of energies there. Is how does it work? Because um, of course you know well, you're I, an alpha being tough yeah, and I don't, hardcore. I don't, and... I don't see myself as an alpha male. <laughs> right. Um, I just don't. I mean, I don't, I don't relate to uh, right. Um, when the shit hits the fan shit hits the fan i'm prepared to deal with it if that makes me an alpha male <laughs> so be it right you know i don't really i don't think in those terms that's i guess is the scariest alpha male ever the one who doesn't even waste time thinking about am i an alpha that's when you know you're for real <laughs> you know. know when I, you talk about it a lot is because maybe it's not the real I have deal. A, lot, there, a lot of people do say to me yeah bro yeah bro what's up oh, right. yeah, alpha male bro. you know i don't i don't even fucking speak that language right right, you know? right, right. um look I, I i my identity of myself is uh-huh. very shy awkward teenager right like I, that's who i still relate to that's the guy i understand that's the guy i converse with every yeah. day you know yeah, yeah, that's yeah. who i know um but the but that same kid He's willing to act, you yeah. know, without thinking about it, right. without it being some sort of premeditated thing. It's like, what's happening? What's in front of me? What am I going to do about it? Um, I don't know. I haven't spent enough time thinking about, dwelling on, or sure. researching what an alpha male is. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah. Right. My home life is my home life. Right. My wife and my daughters, that's, I don't. Like I I don't know how to. If there's a duality there, I don't. It's You're not one right. that I'm dwelling on, or or you know, it's ve- it's all very natural to me. It's like all of again, these it comes, is... again to me. It just comes to the moment, right? You know, being present in the moment. All of this is very very zen of you. It seems to be a running thread of just not too much intellectualizing stuff, just doing things. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know a whole lot about in. zen, so I wouldn't know to like. <laughs> I've, I've right. made people yeah, have yeah. approached me with these things before. Right. Zen, zen, yeah. zen. I'll fuck, no, but I don't know what the fuck you're talking it's about. what you're talking about. That's it. You know, it's basically exactly... I mean, at least what I get out of it, you know, is the uh, less mental masturbation action in the moment. Not so much, not so much of a gap between these constant going on inside your head and these ideas, they, these shit that you project on reality because you're trying to make sense of it all as opposed to instead being comfortable living it without getting lost into some mental abstraction about how it is and as such that's what living in the moment is which is responding to things with no necessarily preconceived plan it's like there's a level of spontaneity that goes with being comfortable with who you are being comfortable living in reality and interacting with it without so much uh, bullshit in your head that you're carrying essentially uh that's you know not probably the so many words. yeah it's like uh <laughs> that's the zen of this second at least that's how it comes out right now there are of course a million other things you can say about zen but that to me is like a clear important point of it all which seems to be exactly that to me is what that's by the way exactly one of the reasons why i dig taoism a lot why i like zen a lot which zen and taoism by the way are to me are one and the same in so many ways you know zen is the mix of taoism and buddhism so it's is uh 
Buddhist flavor Taoism, but it's the same stuff, you know. And uh, one of the things that I like the most about it is that unlike any other religion or even most philosophies, you are supposed to know what that thing is in order to be one. You know, you can't be Christian unless you know what the hell Christian, or at least have some vague notion and subscribe to that and put your signatures down there. You can't be, uh, you know, what, whatever, whether it's a philosophy or a religion. When you talk about Zen or Taoism, to me is being a Taoist or being a Zen, whatever, you miss the point. It's not it, like the yeah. real Zen, real Taoism to me is done by people who have no idea what it even is half of the time. And, you know, when you want to read the books and actually get it intellectually, it's a lot of fun and it's great. And I think is I like doing that, but that's not really the point. You know, the point is how you live it. And I actually have this conversation quite a bit. There are a few people in my life that I talk to, and to me, I call them, you know, Zen masters or something. They're like, the fuck are you talking about again? He's like, I don't know. You know, I don't know Zen. I don't know. What the... And I'm like, don't worry. I know it, and you got it, because it's, it's who you are. You don't need to subscribe to anything. It's an attitude to our life. And, you know, most of the time, you don't need to study to get there. You know? Yeah, I think, uh, I think going back, you know, earlier we were talking about... Um, and I don't know if I was even clear about it, but like regrets or mistakes mm-hmm. or, or yeah. whatever. I th- I think a lot of a lot of it is the times you went, I went searching, mm-hmm. you know, where I got off track. Mm-hmm. It's like I was looking for something instead of just dealing with what was, right, or what is, you know. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's where I've been lost. The times I've been lost in the wilderness is when I was when I actually fucking went into the wilderness, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like. Well, fuck! You did it to yourself, asshole. What were you looking for? Because no <laughs> right. one can give you what you're looking for. Right? You know. No. But, uh, but you know, being a, a sort of uh, sensitive and uh, you know, wa- wanting wanting something more out of life, like this drive that, it, like, you know, it's like there's got to be fucking something more. It's mm-hmm. like, well, thinking that way, thinking that way. I don't know if it, that's so wrong, but like trying to go out mm-hmm. and experience it through that kind of filter mm-hmm. has been nothing but disappointing and of frustrating. So uh, I've, you know, I always, I, I look at, I look at my, uh, my life and I go, well, action has always been there. Right. Action has, oh, there's a consistency in action. Right. And that's what sort of, that, that it's there's there's really no chinks in that armor you know it's the times where i philosophize <laughs> where i thought too much and right, I, I, of I, I i subscribed to somebody else's ideas where where i was way off way off and fucked up and even that i mean it's weird because it really depends on who you are in a lot of ways you know for you that's absolutely true and you know that's exactly how it is somebody else who just their makeup the way they are born their energy their whatever they have to go through a different path to get to the same result you know to be able to be immediate action being in the moment for some people does go through having to go through a whole weird long intellectual process and all of it and in some cases some people get lost along the way and it becomes the wrong you know it's the wrong road for them for other people is exactly what they need to get there. You know, it's, that's the beauty of some of this stuff is that the only thing that counts is getting there. How you get there, it's clearly it's different from everybody. You know, there's no one 
way that everybody's gonna work for because depending on who you are it changes you know your starting point is not the same uh we're not born despite democratic ideals we're not born the same or not born equal you know where even in character in who the hell knows what it is whether it's dna whether it is really there's something or is just how what the fucking foods your mom was eating when she was pregnant who the hell knows but the bottom line is that people are born with a personality in some cases and that does have an impact on how you uh how you'll get through life, you know, and the same approach is not gonna work for everybody necessarily, you know, and that's the trip of it all. But uh, you clearly know what what works for you, and you uh, clearly just, know in that you sense. You gotta turn the fucking noise off. <laughs> right. That's all I know is yep. turn that shit off and go. I thought you were talking to Rich, saying something about no, the mics. No. I'm like, what happened with the I'm mics? Not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the <laughs> echo in my microphone. But also knowing what the noise is. Right. I mean, identifying noise yeah no absolutely absolutely and that's that's key and uh, i guess one of the things that i want to throw out there one more thing is um and again i don't mean to make you self-conscious making you think too much about yourself but think we are sitting in chairs and not acting and talking in a microphone <laughs> the, <laughs> what a what a strange ritual right <laughs> the the war will make it end soon we can go back to jumping off buildings and stuff <laughs> but the um, part of the reason why people are puzzled by you and intrigue and all of that is that there's an element of this you know tough guy reputation daredevil jump off building fights this that and the other and at the same time i remember you saying it how when a lot of people when they meet you their reaction is wait but but you are such a nice guy as if that was in contradiction with the hardcore intense uh, very driven and somewhat badass image that they have of you which is not just an image is what you do you know and is the <laughs> the combination of those two things seem to puzzle people like one is not supposed to go with the other yeah. and yet you're living example that that's not exactly the and case i'm somehow supposed to explain that <laughs> no not no. necessarily not, just, not just to just you not. but to every single fucking person i meet <laughs> yeah i bet i don't know what I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, well, good uh, Friedrich Nietzsche will come to the rescue for you. There's, oh. a, there's an awesome Nietzsche quote, which, by the way, again, we're not talking literally. There's no German guy popping out of a grave coming here to help Mike. It's, we're not into the walking <laughs> dead or something. It's, no, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's one quote that I wrote down that I loved that by Nietzsche. He said, in him... All opposites are fused together into a new entity. Um, sharp and mild, rough and fine, strange and familiar, impure and clean, a place where fool and sage convene. All of these I am and wish to mean. I fucking love this, you know, a place where fool and sage convene. To me, that's exactly what it's about, you know, is having the people think that this stuff is contradictory. To me, that's what paradox is paradox is not a contradiction contradiction is you know you say one thing you do another you put together it is stuff that people don't normally put together but just because most people do it doesn't mean it's a contradiction doing so if anything that's what life is about is about taking stuff from all sort of walks of life from you know it's what yin and yang are all about right you mix opposite energies together and that's what makes an interesting personality 
Because if you are the guy who does crazy wild stunts all the time and that's all you are, it's fun for a three-minute highlight and then it gets really boring really quick. If you are the person who's sensitive and sweet and nice and that's all you ever know and you have no other energy in you, again, that's pleasant. You know, you can have a pleasant lunch with this person, but Jesus, <laughs> have some fires in there somewhere. You know, it's like it gets old really, really quick. To me, the stuff that's, personalities that are interesting are exactly the ones that can combine stuff that other people think they are not supposed to gather but they clearly do they can go together and it makes it it makes both elements more interesting because you mix it with something yeah. else you know? well, um, my first professional skateboard was pal peralta in 1988 mm -hmm. and the graphic i chose for that skateboard was an elephant african elephant mm-hmm um, and it was quite an ordeal to get that elephant on that skateboard. <laughs> Why? Be because prior to that, there really, you know, it was skulls and swords mm -hmm. and flames and daggers and right. dragons. And uh, so when I said I wanted an elephant, it was, well, we don't do elephants. Right. You know, it's like that's not really an, you know, no one's going to buy a fucking skateboard with an elephant on it. Right. Um. But I, I fought for that elephant. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted an elephant on my skateboard, and I would, you know, I was a kid, and I was speaking to people who were my heroes, people like Stacy Peralta, who wanted to just wanted me to just fall in line and just do what he said, right? Take what they were gonna give me, and I fucking said fuck you, and I demanded. I wanted I wanted things the way I wanted them, right? I didn't. I didn't start skateboarding to fucking follow the rules. Right. You know? So why should I have a skateboard with a fucking skull on it or a fucking cockroach? I don't right. want that. I want a fucking <laughs> elephant. So immediately it was like, this kid is like difficult to work with. Right. Fucking thorn in the side. You know, why did we ever start working with him? But uh, I, I stood up and I, I demanded the elephant. Um, and oh, that was my first, my first board was elephant. And, the name of the skateboard company I do now is called Elephant. And the elephant has been a symbol uh, throughout my entire career. What do you see in it? Well, I see exactly what you're talking about. Hmm. I see love and strength. Mm -hmm. Here's this mat, the largest land mammal, mm -hmm. beautiful, majestic creature that is very social, very loving, uh, you know, intelligent. very intelligent, mm -hmm. you know, the kindest, gentlest heart, <laughs> but it will fucking crush you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. You know? Yeah. Don't fuck with it. It yep. will crush you. Yep. Eat a fucking lion for lunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Right. Um, I, to me, that's life. Right. Why would you want anything less than that? You know? And... I don't have to fucking explain that to you. Yeah. yeah. If you can't fucking figure it out, fuck you. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. not my fucking right. problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly where it's at, you know, is um each one can, you know, for you see it in the elephant for obvious reason, but at the end of the day, that's what that to me is like even the whole thing like the drunken tao is like even the logo we use for oh by the way if you guys haven't gotten t-shirts yet do so uh, starts buy them now 
the we knew there was a sales pitch coming sooner or later <laughs> no it's not even a sales pitch is like you're trying to convince somebody this is not a sales pitch this is there's a gun to your this head this is begging yeah it's, <laughs> no the like the whole all of the images I like are like that you know like the ones we have is for fun you know it's funny and weird right. but it's like you have this guy who is making out with a hot woman while he's drinking wine and kicking some evil dude in the balls it's things that don't go together you know it's like huh how does that you know and that's the fun of it right that's precisely what it's about is mixing those elements that don't go together why don't they go together because people usually don't put them together well that's not a good reason that's not a good reason at all you know all the to me that's where the fun is at is precisely in doing this is put and not again because you sit there at night with a notepad and think hmm let's see what people don't put together and let me be the different one or something because that's that's not the point is it's it's the language of Those life. Those people itself. are called posers. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, is, yeah, you're trying too hard to be something you're not. That's not the point. You know, the point is that this is is not because we have a taste for being weird, even though we do a little. But that's not the point. It's not like is uh, oh, let me try to figure out how I can create the shock effect, how I can get people to go, oh wow, that is so weird and radical. That's not the whole. The whole idea is that's the language of life life speak the language of putting stuff that people don't put together together uh, just because some bad social habits have conditioned us to do otherwise doesn't mean that we should fall in line with that because that's really missing the point of uh, of everything of life itself in a lot of ways whether you're talking about jobs whether you're talking about how you play with your kids whether you're talking about your attitude it all boils down to the same things at the end well, of the day most people most people are just seeking social justification in everything they do absolutely it's like if that's your starting point mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's just a life of failure yeah there's no point in fucking living which, I mean, when you think about it, like if, if you look at history, what you just said is exactly 90% of human history. Because think about the stuff that today we look at as the most backward and horrifying. And, you know, today somebody who argued that slavery is cool, you'd be like, come on, man, what the fuck is your problem? And yet that has been the norm for the majority of human history. Why? Because people are sheep, you know, and most people grow up in a society with values they are taught and they know nothing other than follow along, you know, and they are not individuals in the sense of thinking, hey, everybody does it, everybody thinks it's normal and good, but something feel off here. Actually, I think this is bullshit. Uh, it's, you know, once you have enough people who start doing that, then there's a whole movement of other people who fall behind, and it's like, then you change things on a massive scale. But that's precisely why people are conditioned to accept the weirdest shit from the day they are born and 90 plus percent of human beings are not gonna really have a problem with it you know they are gonna fall in line because they are not i don't mean to sound too elitist but they're not individuals in that sense and know? that's the way we do things <laughs> right <laughs> well, by god yeah. you know I, I i i came up in an environment the skateboard world the punk rock world where individuality was supposed to be at a premium mm -hmm. but it's not right you know it never is right um and i look at like what it's evolved into mm -hmm. what it's become you talk about fucking sheep right you know uh if i was young person today 
my chosen field would not speak to me. Right. You know, it wouldn't because it's evolved into something that's, uh, you know, just the same cup of bullshit as the other bullshit, you right. know? Uh, it's like the f- the sheep are running the show, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And uh, if you're not in line with them, then you're out. Right. Uh, I got a new tattoo recently. Pretty interesting one. Uh, I'll show it to you. Here, take a look. <laughs> so that's a... Uh, <laughs> It's a band I, I I love called Minor Threat. Yeah. And uh, their logo was a... Here, you can get that on video. Their logo uh, was a black sheep, right? Oh, I thought we pointed. You're almost there. You can't. You're not a videographer. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> not going to happen. The, their logo was a black sheep. Right. Um, and so many people have championed the black sheep and all this bullshit. Well, the black sheep has become... You know, that's the new uh, that's the new mainstream. Right. You of know, course. The subculture has become you know the mainstream. Yep. That's the reality of uh, skateboarding. You know, it has a mass identity. Right. You know, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Um, and there's less and less and less room for people like myself in mm-hmm. the skateboard world, um, because, well, I've refused to swim in the mainstream. You know, so. Uh, I've always loved the, the, this band's logo and uh, what what it represents, but there's no way I could get a black sheep right. tattooed on me. I went with the pink sheep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. You know, yeah. and when pink becomes the new black, Fuck I'll fucking yeah. either put an X through it or I'll get it tattooed over with green or purple or fucking blue or something. Right. You know, uh, I just I just it's like disgusting uh. on an epic scale. To see what it's all become, mm-hmm. you know. But it's I mean, like I didn't. I I don't remember like leaving all that flesh on the pavement so that we could just become bat and ball mentality. You know, that's that's not why we started skateboarding. Right. We started skateboarding because we fucking hated team sports. Right. You know, we didn't belong. Yeah. And now that's all we're we're striving to be. Of course. So it's like. Have fun with that, boys. <laughs> but I mean, that that's the nature of the business, and not just in skate. It's the nature of everything. It's like everything becomes institutionalized precisely because people are not comfortable being individuals with all the weird idiosyncrasies that go with it. People, What people really crave, among many other things, is a sense of identity. And the sense of identity is by nature rigid. You know what I mean? There are rules. Yeah. There are, they can be the anti-rules, they can be the identity of the rebel, they can be the identity of the one who is uh, rejecting all the, the reality is more often than not, people turn that into a trap just as well as you put it, the black sheep and so on, is you are, they may reject a specific identity they grew up with, but they don't get out of the game of just being human, you know what I mean? We told the weirdness that that entails, we told the... Uh, be able to f- truly and freely be able to experiment with all sort of energies, all sort of uh, the stuff that makes you you, and instead you choose to sacrifice some parts of it, and in some cases lots of parts of it, in order to have a recognizable, established identity that you can sell for one. But even if you don't want to go, um, commer- if it's not about commercialization or anything, is it makes you feel safe. 
it makes you it's recognizable it's something you can fall back about is this is what i'm about i am and fill in the blanks hmm. with some tag that you can attach to yourself that's a prison that's a trap you know the anytime you find yourself wanting to reach for a label and put it on you is when you have screwed up something you know because the reality is that as you put it earlier it's like then what the fuck are we talking about you know because the real thing doesn't need a label you know what i mean the real thing leaves it is not uh turning it into a new uh I hate to keep repeating the word identity, but that's really the, what it's about here. And um, yeah, well, I I have to I come across the um, the idea that or the thought or the uh, the accusation that he doesn't skate like everybody else <laughs> because he's not everybody else. <laughs> Damn straight, right. I don't skate like everybody else. What the fuck are you are you are you listening to yourself? Right, like. Why don't you why don't you skate like the others? Why would I? I'm me. Exactly. You know, like what the fuck? How, why does this even have to be said? Yep. Are yep. you yep. fucking kidding me? This is uh disturbing. Contradiction. You know. No. Uh and uh, you know, and it's put to me on a daily basis. Of course. On a, <laughs> it's like the 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 second you walk out on the limb, the axis starts swinging, man. Of course. You know. And the same way as we started saying now, you would bring the same spirit whether you're doing skateboarding or music or flipping burgers. The reality is that you would run into the same dynamics whether you're skateboarding or in music or flipping <laughs> burgers. You know what I mean? It's like I know the reason why people would be on your case would be different, and they would be specific to that field. But the reasons are they are not those real things the reason is you wanting to be you with all that that entails uh, going against the established way of doing things and not you do it i want to go against it is by virtue of being you you're gonna be not fit neatly into a clear box and that's what any establishment doesn't like well what you learn is that freedom isn't something that can be given to you no definitely and uh and in that sense, if I can go on record with one of the most anti-democratic statements ever, the whole notion that people love freedom is the biggest bunch of bullshit ever. You know, it's stuff we say because it makes us feel nice. But the reality is that, and I've said that before and I'll say it again because I strongly believe it, is people are terrified of freedom. Majority of people. Just because freedom then means you have to take a ton of responsibility. It's all on you if you truly live freely. Uh, it's a lot easier to be able to blame uh, your boss, uh, society, the universe, God, whatever the fuck is. Some authority. When you reject authority, not be out of some teenage desire to reject authority, and just because is the authority you're gonna follow is the only one you truly know, which is you, your own life. You know, you got to live it. Nobody else can live it for you. And you take that step to be truly, fully, the freest of the free in a certain sense. That means that you accept complete responsibility for every aspect of your life. And that's a terrifying thought. It's like creating your own path is the scariest shit you could ever have a human being do. Because it's so much easier to whine and complain about the path that somebody else has given you that you'll bitch about, but you'll still go along with it because it's safe and it's easy. Creating your own thing, 
mean, really, it's like if the this is a classic huge difference between what people say and what people do. Because it sounds cool to say it. I want to be an individual. I want to be free. Your actions speak otherwise, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why, again, in any field you would end up, it would be the same story, you know. It wouldn't be... It would be exactly the same. And I'm sure there are a lot of people even listening who maybe have nothing to do with skateboarding or writing or martial arts or podcasting or whatever the fuck who can probably relate because in that one scene that you do in your life or two or three, you have run up into the same dynamics. That just, you know, it's not because we have a crystal ball that we're looking into and can tell what's going on in your life. It's because that's just, those are the dynamics of the game, you know, and it's, uh, it's not specific to any one field. It's a universal theme. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So fucking figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what is that you said earlier? If I have to explain it to you, fuck you. Right. (laughs) Well, you say say you're talking about... um, See, the things that you're talking about that are supposed to strike fear in you, Mm -hmm. they don't strike fear in me. Mm -hmm. You know, they just don't. Right. So, I don't, you know, I don't know why it's like... uh, it's just so strange to me that it becomes such an issue all the time. You know what it is, though, that's weird about you is that I think you were, I wouldn't say born this way, but to you it came... Isn't that Lady Gaga? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, how do I even know that? But That scares me a little I, bit, and I just smile. You just quote it, Lady Gaga. Great. The, um, you innately, without knowing, quote Zion, I innately, without knowing, quote Lady Gaga. Great. On that note... The, is it born this way? Is that... I have okay, no idea. I, I just double. I don't want to be like. I don't want to say that and then be wrong. I just. It's you could be for all I know. Yeah, but the point is, for you, I think is um, a little more natural than for other people. That's why for you is like puzzling even to hear some of this shit because it's like you experience it, you see it, you run into it. But the journey to become that, I maybe I'm wrong, but has been shorter for you than for most people, even those that are able to get to that place. Like for some people, there's a process where it goes through the mind more because they have to think a lot more to get to that place as opposed to right. being there. Well, that's quicker. what I'm saying. You know, talking about the setbacks, the setbacks are when it becomes something that I think about, right. that I dwell on. Right. You know? It's the action, the actions, the movement yeah. is consistent and it and it pushes through. Yeah. It's the uh, it's the it's the dwelling, the thinking, the contemplating, the questioning. Mm-hmm. That's where I've run into trouble in my life. Right. You know? um, for brief periods of time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to make that very clear. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just, I, you know, in the, in the end, it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not fucking afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. And if that, oh, alpha male, no, it's, that's not. <laughs> right. It's, I don't really, I don't relate to that. It's mm-hmm. like, why should, what the fuck do I have to be afraid of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you? Uh, <laughs> on that note, if um, the man's fingers speak about this, since tattooed on his fingers is, what is it, I fear no one? <laughs> is that <laughs> what it's I supposed think? to be a joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, to a point. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, right. I, yeah, I fear no one. Really? And I love, I love Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. 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 And I mean, do or die and family right so i mean yep. this is the sort of paradox or the duality that you love so much yep. isn't it I, I, didn't, I didn't realize when i was doing any of that right how old are your daughters uh my oldest daughter will be 20 next week oh, and youngest happy is birthday sure Woo. yeah that was humbling i'm sure what's that <laughs> raising a daughter uh 
I, I don't know. I, I wasn't. I didn't need to be humbled. Uh, you know, I was. Uh, we. I got. I was married young. Had a had a kid pretty young. You know, um, right at the point in my life and career where I was like, "Don't fucking do this. You're gonna ruin everything." Uh, that's what I valued. I didn't value the uh, acceptance of an industry or my peers or, you know, the magazines or you know, it's like. I, Love my wife. Mm-hmm. We want to have a family. That's what we wanted to do. And if that was going to sacrifice some sort of uh, career path, then fuck it. I wasn't look. I wasn't thinking right in those terms. So, in that sense, I don't think there was no there was no humbling in it. It was just like I was just living it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but it 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 really it, it what it did for me was it. Uh, it, I feel like it, in a sense, completed who I am. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like uh, the uh, people associate a lot of times this lone wolf kind of uh, approach to my skating or the way I live my life, um, the way I tour or, mm-hmm. or something, you know. Um, but it's like you couldn't be further from the truth, you right. know. It's like, yes, my focus is the moment. It becomes very narrow at times. But... Uh, I could I can't have one thing without the other. You know, it's like I can't I couldn't possibly have the home life, the family life I have unless I had this other thing that was my passion and my drive right. and my my ability to express myself and you know, it's like the two things complement each other really. Really, and you're giving me shit about oh the duality you like so much on that shit. It's exactly everything that but you I, do I, and are. I guess, are, I guess, but you know, I don't think right in those terms. I'm not. Right. I'm not trying to put it into a sentence or a paragraph. Sure. So, so I, I get, I get it that yeah. it's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I just it, I just that's that's what I know. Yeah. That's just what I know. Of course, of course, and that's when you know it's real. Yeah. So, but but, you know, it's like it uh, it it's so puzzling for others. Of course, <laughs> it's so puzzling, and that's what puzzles me. But the, the thing <laughs> that I guess cracks me up is that um, you're resisting the intellectualization of it all in a way because you are it, and you don't want to just go too much in your brain about this bullshit and going on forever. To me, is if nothing else, the very fact that something that's so natural to you is not natural to 90 plus percent of human beings you're gonna run into. I don't know, it's like for me, it would set me back a little and make me think, what the hell, why, you know? And just, and again, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because I'm gonna still be who I am right after I'm done mentally going off about why and they're gonna be on who they are. And so in that sense, yeah, you could skip that step and it doesn't really matter. But for my own nerdy self, I have to go there. You know what I mean? I have to, in a way, go through it in my brain about the, why the hell something that's so obviously natural and healthy is so foreign to... Well, I'm I'm glad for that because that had something to do with you writing Warrior's mm-hmm. Path, mm-hmm. which was, you know, that's how we met. Right. Is, uh, you know, because of that book. And I read that book and I understood it. Right. You know, something I I was living, mm-hmm. I was doing, right, and I had never prior to that. And I've read a lot of good books, but prior to that, I had never really come across anything that I felt uh, really sort of summarized what I understood about myself. Right. Uh, so that was uh, 
So I'm glad you're a nerd. Good. <laughs> I'm glad somebody feel that way. That's good. Because I finally right. had someone I could say, hey, you get it, man. Right. Thank you. <laughs> you know? Yay. Nerd to the rescue. Yeah. That's beautiful. And, you, uh, see, you nerds, you, you're useful at times. <laughs> on that note, I'm going to go home and hug my teddy bear and cry. <laughs> so that's going to be... But, Thank you so much, Mike. This yeah. was absolutely awesome. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Cool. And um, Well, like I said, you know, I haven't done any other podcasts, and it's not really something I feel like uh, signing up for and right. torturing myself with. But oh, you're great, man. Bolelli, for you. <laughs> I'm honored. I bow. For and, you. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Well, we can officially say that this is, uh, for Mike, this is the best podcast experience he has ever had. We won't say <laughs> the fact that he's also the worst because he's the only one, but that's... <laughs> cool. Thank you. thank you so much. Thank you. So ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon. <laughs>